God, come on, give him your highest praise. Deuteronomy chapter 7. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, Gergesites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, Seven nations greater and mightier than thou. Seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Seven nations greater and mightier than thou, and thou shalt utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me. That they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you. And destroy thee suddenly. But thus shall you deal with them. You shall destroy their altars. Break down their images. And cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee. Thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above all. They're greater and mightier than they than you. But you are above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because... He would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your children's hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now therefore, or know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy 
with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to them that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about destroying the Canaanite culture. Would you, I know we've worshipped and all that kind of stuff, but would you just make contact with somebody nearby you there and in whatever way, a hand on a shoulder or whatever you feel comfortable doing, they feel comfortable doing, I want you to lift your voice and pray with me right now, would you? Father, we need your sovereign anointing in this place. We need your spirit to move. We need your spirit, God, to stir us in our hearts this morning. Every individual, Lord, don't just let this be a time that we came so that we can mark our church off for the week. But let there be a, a breaking, a visitation of God in this place and a releasing of your favor and your anointing and your blessing, your power and healing in this place. I pray for the sick even now. I pray for the maimed even now, the injured, the afflicted. I pray for those who are struggling emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to connect with you and you with us in a, in a way that when we leave this place, we will have said, I, I, I am forever changed because of the presence of the Lord and because of what the hand of the Lord has done in my life today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, would you clap your hands one more time and give the Lord praise. I want you to just praise him because you have the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord this morning. He is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy of praise. And you may be seated. In the 26th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, the scripture said, Thou hast avouched the Lord this day to be thy God and to walk in his ways, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his judgments and to hearken unto his voice. Thou hast avouched the Lord. You have entered into an agreement with him. You have made a vow to him to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his judgments, and to hearken unto his voice. And the Lord hath avouched thee 
It's a mutual contract. This day, to be his peculiar people, not like anybody else. Your conversation is not like the conversations of other nations. Your your appearance is not like the appearance of other nations. And that thou shouldest keep all his commandments. And to make thee high above all nations which he hath made in praise and in name and in honor and that thou mayest be a holy people unto the Lord thy God as he hath spoken. What an opportunity to have been separated, plucked out of the world and separated unto God to be a special people above all nations. Think of the greatest nations in the world, the greatest power, the greatest militaries, the greatest economies. And he said, you're above them all because I have chosen you. The words choice and choose and chosen in Vine's expository dictionary means to pick out or to select, to choose for oneself. To analyze what is available and to say, I choose them for myself. Choosing, not just choosing for the sake of choosing to own or have ownership, but choosing with the subsidiary ideas of kindness or favor or love. God did not choose his people just to control or manipulate or to have ownership of, but because he was looking for a people to show kindness to and to put his favor upon them and to show his love toward them. He made his people a choice people and a special people and a peculiar people. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14, we begin to see that the choosing begins with the calling. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. This was a call to stewardship. I want to put some things in their, in their hands. I want to give them some things. And I, I want to test to see what they will do with what I give them. And so I am calling them to stewardship. What you do 
with what God has currently given you will depend on really this is the beginning of the parable, the talents, five, two, and one, five and two multiplied. They doubled theirs. But the one that had one went and hid his and buried it in the earth because he said, I knew that thou wert a hard man who reaped where you haven't sown. The blessing was not the doubling of the talents. The blessing was what followed as a, as a result of their stewardship and their response to the call of stewardship. Because at the end, the Bible said that after a long time, after a long time, this is where we get messed up a lot of times. Because we clearly understand that we are not being good stewards of what God has given us. That's monetarily, that's talent-wise, that's relationships, and that's our relationship with him. We've not been good stewards, but we don't really feel like we're paying a price, and so we continue to double down on our bad stewardship, neglecting the call of God on our lives. But he will. He will come back after a long time. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. There, there is going to be a day of reckoning where we will give account of the calling of our stewardship upon our lives. Now, if we have been faithful stewards, which I pray that we are, the scripture tells us what the real reward is. In verse 21, his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And so his reward was one of rulership. And it was an entrance into the joy of the Lord. And joy is a place, not a feeling. Joy is a place where the Lord wants us to dwell, to live. It is part of the reward of our calling and our stewardship. And it is the intent for which God has called us in the first place. Romans chapter 8 and 30 tells us about the call to a glorified condition. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he glorified. There is a progression of what God is wanting to do in your life. It doesn't. Stop with your first encounter with him or profession of faith or being filled with the Holy Ghost or baptized in the name of Jesus. It doesn't stop at repentance. The full culmination of that is not joining a church or becoming a Christian, which is such a broad label, and then coming to church, but it is a progression. There is a calling, then there is a justification, and there is a glorification. We are headed toward a great celestial glorification. 
when this mortal shall have put on immortality. And we are going to reap that if we are faithful stewards to the calling of stewardship here in this world. Everything we do in this world is there to help us reap the reward and the dividend of the world that is to come and to be glorified by the presence and the anointing of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, the scripture tells us about a call to fellowship. And he said, God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You were called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. We are called to fellowship with God, to communion with God, to rest in him, to have a secure relationship with him. There is a calling that is going out to people in this world who will who will hear. And so we have a call to stewardship and we have a call to be glorified and we have a call to fellowship and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 the scripture tells us about a call to the kingdom itself that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you into his kingdom and glory we have been called out of this world we are in the world but we are not of the world and when we are trying to live in two worlds at the same time. We're trying to have our, our cake and eat it too. We are trying to be spiritual but living carnal. We are trying to reap the dividends of heaven, but we are allowing the spirit of the world to infiltrate our lives. Then we don't truly have a revelation of what we have been called into, but we have been called into a spiritual kingdom. Now, if you really want to know what the what the kingdom of God looks like, read the book of Revelation. And you will see that in the end of time, when, when time is no more and all of the end time events have, have culminated, the Bible tells us that we will enter into a condition, a place where there is no more sickness, no more tears, no more pain, no more darkness, no more sin, no more lying, no more dis dishonesty, no more deception, that is the full culmination of the kingdom of God. And thankfully, the, the Lord doesn't wait until we have been translated into the kingdom of his dear son by, by taking off immortality and putting, or, or taking on mortality and putting on immortality. But he gives us access into it right now by a call. That call is the Lord reaching down into your life saying, I choose you. I, I choose you. The Bible said that no man can come to God unless he first draw them. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That drawing, that calling is the Lord saying, I choose you. I have avouched myself to you. And the response from you should be, I'm leaving all of this behind. 
And I am, I am letting go of the things of this world so that I can pursue the calling into the kingdom of God. And there has to be this acceptance of this call to stewardship. I'm not afraid to be a steward over the things that God has placed in my life. I, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid, I'm not intimidated to, to give an account, to be a manager of these things. I don't want to waste a single minute trying to appease people in this world, trying to pander to the things of this world, trying to fit in with the things of this world. I don't want to waste a single minute trying to guard my reputation from the people of this world so that they don't think I'm some holy person over here trying to be super spiritual. But the person that that embarks upon this call has, has received a revelation and a vision of not only the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven, so shall it be on earth. Not only that vision, but the world to come to realize that I'm going to cha- trade in my ashes for beauty. I'm going to trade in my mourning for joy. I'm going to let go of the spirit of heaviness. For the anointing that God has placed upon my life. In Hebrews chapter 9, the writer talks about the call to an eternal inheritance. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. That by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal Inheritance. The Bible said that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that it is the first fruits of our inheritance. That's God's way of saying the Holy Ghost that I filled you with and all of the power that you feel when you get in my presence is only the tip of the iceberg of what I have prepared for my people that are a peculiar treasure unto me that are above every nation in the world. You are a special people. I want you to understand that this morning. We have a calling to receive the promise of eternal inheritance. When they received the Holy Ghost, Peter said, the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. And so that call is going out. To, be, to receive the reward of eternal inheritance. And then in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible tells us that we have been called to the great banquet. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation or the calling. It literally means being called to a banquet wherewith you are called. The wedding feast, that marriage supper of the Lamb where many have been called and invited. Many people have received their invitation. But the Bible said many are called, few are chosen. And so not everybody's going to RSVP for that that event. I don't intend on missing that event. I, I I am embarking on and I am pursuing the call of God on my life. We are a choice people. We are God's choice. He looked at you and said, I choose you. You kidding me? I'm a drug addict. 
He said, doesn't matter. I look at your potential. I choose you. I call you into the kingdom. But you don't understand. I, I've been through broken marriages. It doesn't matter. I called you. I died for you. And I am grafting you into the choicest of vines. You are a chosen generation. And you are part of the choice vine. If you look at the sons of Jacob, uh, none of them had a say-so over their name, or, uh, most especially Judah. Judah did not choose his own name, but by divine appointment and divine destiny. The Lord named Judah. He named this child praise. And Judah had no choice in the choosing of his name. Neither did he know that the Messiah would come out of his loins. But in the 11th chapter of Genesis 49, the Bible described Judah. There's several verses here, but I want to use this one. That he, he said, binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. Everybody say the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. The choice vine was Christ who would die for our sin. It wasn't just wine. It wasn't the blood of grapes. It was the blood of Calvary. And this would come out of the loins of Judah because God chose him, because there was a calling upon his life. You have been called by a lot of names in your life. You've been called by a lot of slang terms and probably a lot of curse words in your life, but only what God calls you matters. And before you were even a thought in your mother and father's mind, and before you were ever in your mother's womb, the Lord knew you when he calls you by name. Only he knows what his calling will produce out of your life. The enemy, the enemy hears the call. He hears the name that God places upon your life. He hears that you've been named praise and that something is going to come out of your loins that is going to transform the world around you. And the enemy does everything he can to prevent the calling of God upon your life. But I hear the calling going out this morning afresh, saying, I'm calling you all over again to stewardship. I'm calling you to renew your covenant and your commitment. Upon, I'm giving you an opportunity this morning to renew the call of God because you've been called to be glorified. You've been called to a marriage supper. You've been called to a heavenly banquet because you are a special people. Not because you were greater in number. Not but because you were the most talented among your family, your friends, your neighbor, or this nation. But because God chose you. But because he, he called you. And God is giving you an opportunity to say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pursue it here this morning. I'm preaching to somebody who will, if you will make up in your mind, God is going to renew a fresh passion on the inside of you. And God is going to renew a fresh desire on the inside of you. And everything that hell has done to bury the call of God on your life, God is going to pull it off of you this morning. And he is going to remind you about the anointing that he has placed upon your life. Would you give him praise here today? 
Would you lift up the name of the Lord? Come on, would you really do it? Amen, praise God. If you will give him, you can be seated. If you will give him praise, he will give you favor. And he'll put your hand on the neck of your enemies. And he'll take you from being a lion's whelp or a lion's cub, as he described Judah, to being an old lion couched or resting as the king of the jungle. We live in a jungle. We live in a time and we live in a world where the enemy will use whatever means possible to get you distracted from the call of God on your life. He'll get you to feeling like God doesn't care about you, but I want to remind you this morning that he called you. He will, he will get you to feeling like a low-down loser, like you can't do anything right, but the call of God is on your life. He died for us in that while we were yet sinners. When we were ungodly, Christ died for us. And the Bible said of Judah, he said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh come. The scepter, the rulership, the kingship. God has called you to a kingdom of kings and priests. He has called you to wear a kingly anointing and to walk in the power and the authority, not of your own authority, but of the authority of Christ. You're chosen. You're a part of God's choice people. You are the elect of God. You have been elected by God. If you've never won an election to anything, you can win the election to the kingdom of God because God has already chosen you as the elect of God. Now in that, you have a purpose on your life. And the purpose is not to put up with Canaan's culture. It's not to embrace Canaan's culture. It's not to try to live for God and live in Canaan's culture at the same time. There's a distinction between the two. There is a stark contrast between the Canaanite culture and the culture of the kingdom of God. When you enter into the kingdom of God, you leave the culture of this world. Whatever culture you grew up in, you surrender that for the culture of the kingdom of God. There's only one culture in the kingdom of God. It's a culture of separation. And it's a culture of holiness and righteousness and godliness. Now, we're not, we're not to be passive about the call of God on our lives. Everybody say, well, I, you know, I'm called. Well, I'm not really called. Everybody thinks a calling is a call to preach. It's a call to the kingdom. It's a call to serve him. It's a call to stewardship. Many are called. Everybody's called, but few are chosen. I want to be part of the chosen. And what separates the two is what you do with the call. It's your response to the call. Now, if you want to, if you want to continue to live in the bondage of Canaan, when God has already set you free by the spirit of his kingdom, 
That's up to you. It's your right. But if you want to be chosen, if you want to be a part of the choice vine, if you want to walk in the power of the risen Savior, and you want to experience divine healing and miraculous intervention and the angels of the Lord moving in your life at every turn of your life, your response to the call has everything to do with what happens next. And so this call that is upon our lives, we're... We, we're, we're not supposed to walk around with this spirit of intimidation on us. Just, well, just, I'm going to just blend in. I you know, want anybody to know I'm really, boy, I hope they don't see our live stream. Boy, I hope they don't really know what kind of church, you know, I'm just kind of, I try to be part of the, part of the crowd, I, you know, at, at, on the breaks at work. I try to get in with their dirty jokes and every once in a while let a cuss word slip out so that, so that they'll think I'm part of the team or I, you know, I'll, I'll be peculiar and I'll be special. I just won't be a witness and I won't be a light and I won't be the salt of the office or, or, or the factory or, or wherever it is that you work. No, no. The calling that's upon your life is a bold calling. It's a calling where I say, I have been pulled out of that and I am going to do everything that I can to pull everybody out of that, that I can pull out of that. I'm going to be faithful to the call of God. I want to be used of God. And he said, when you go in to possess, when you go in to possess what I have called you to possess, I want to, pre- I want to preach to some people in here right now that are waiting for the attack to end. You're waiting for the devil to quit attacking you. You're waiting for the war to be over. You're waiting for the fight to be over. As long as you are possessing what belongs to the enemy, there is going to be a war 24 7, 365. But he said, uh, They're greater than you are and they are mightier than you are, but I am going to cause you to overcome them uh, and I'm going to cause you to drive them out. The calling that's upon your life cannot be stopped by the enemy when you realize who you belong to uh, and you realize what it is that you walk in. uh, We've got a name that is above every name. We've got the power of God. There are some things in your life that the Lord has called you to possess and you're waiting on the things to come to you. You're waiting on God to drop them in your lap. God led you to the promised land, but he is not going to give you the promised land on a silver platter. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, I'm not going to drive them out all at one time. Read it. It's in the scripture. He said, but I will drive them out little by little. And so there's a fight every single day. And the fight is not a fight for survival. It's a fight to possess what God has given us as part of the calling of God. I wish I had somebody that believed what I was preaching here this morning. If you're tired of the way things are going, uh, rise up and walk in the calling uh, and the election wherewith you are called. If you're tired of the landscape uh, and you're tired of what the enemy's doing to you, uh, why don't you get off of the defensive uh, and get on the offensive uh, and say, I've been called uh, to destroy the Canaanite culture. Well, hallelujah, would you give him praise? Yeah. It's going to break here in a minute. So how much how much do I destroy? A little bit? 
Uh, you know, how, how, much, how much should I do? How radical? How, how all in with this thing should I get? How, how sold out should I be? How, how, how crazy should I get in the kingdom of God? I don't know how crazy did you get in the world. How, how big did you party in the world? How many things did you break in the world? How many things did you destroy when you were out of the world? When you were out of the world, you destroyed all the good things in your life. Uh, it only makes sense when you get in the kingdom of God. Uh, the devil ought to see you as his worst nightmare. When you've been called by God uh, and you've been plucked out, uh, it's not because you were greater and mightier than they. You were the least of all people. He said, but it's because I chose you. I chose you. I pulled you out. So I, I'm, not, I'm not here to be polite with the devil. I'm not here to be kind with him. I'm not here to sit down at the bargaining table with the enemy. I am here to let the devil know uh, if you think uh, that you have suffered loss up to this time, uh, you haven't seen anything yet. Uh, the kingdom of God uh, suffered violence, uh, but the people of God uh, are rising up in this hour, and there's going to be an end time revival because we've been called to destroy the works of the enemy. So how much, how much, how much should we destroy? He said, thou shalt utterly destroy them. Don't make any covenant with them. Don't try to fit in with them. Don't apologize for who you are. Don't show them any mercy. Don't make marriages with them. Don't give your sons and your daughters to them. Don't you serve their gods, but destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. Because you're a holy people. Because I've chosen thee. Because you're special above all people on the face of the earth. Now for those of you that have just tried to just kind of float your way through your relationship with God. You're missing out on the greatest victories. Hey, come on. Man, you don't understand. I've been under attack. Of course you've been under attack because you're moving forward into the enemy's territory because destroying the Canaanite culture doesn't start four miles down the road. It starts right here in your own world. And the more of the enemy that you kick out of your life and the more of his culture that you refuse to allow in your life, the enemy knows if they keep fighting, they're going to take it all because the devil hurts when God said that's their promise that's their land that's the cities I've given them the enemy heard it and the enemy's trying to war but we're the people of God well somebody right now ought to get your fighting clothes on somebody in this place this morning ought to say I'm about to drive some things out of my household I'm going to drive it out of my neighborhood I'm going to drive it out of my community I've got the call of God on my life lift your hands and throw your head back and lift your voice right now that's it come on 
Come on, somebody needs to tell the enemy, I'm not putting up with it anymore. I'm not being passive anymore. I am not going to, I am not going to just let, let things go like I've been letting them go. I'm getting off of the defense and I'm getting on the offense. I determined the rules of engagement. Come on. He said, I brought you out with a mighty hand and I redeemed you from the hand of Pharaoh. Hallelujah. He's a faithful God that keepeth covenant and mercy to a thousand generations of those that keep his commandments. Come on, come on, come on. The Lord said, I'm going to repay those that hate me. I will repay them to their face. I will destroy them. And I will repay them to his face. Come on, God is about to get up in the face of your enemy this morning and drive some things out before you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind division in the name of Jesus. I bind witchcraft in the name of Jesus. I bind perversion in the name of Jesus. I bind addiction in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind depression. I bind the spirit of hate. I bind bitterness and unforgiveness. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray that you would destroy the yoke of iniquity on people's lives in this place. Somebody's about to get violent with the devil right now. Somebody's get about to get up under that power that God has given you. And you're about to destroy some things in your life. Come on, come on. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, don't look around. Oh, I can't tell don't look around. Don't look around. Put your foot down. Devil, I've had enough. Oh, we've had enough. Yeah, hallelujah. Woo. That's it. Come on, kick it out. Give the devil an eviction notice. In the name of Jesus, devil. You had me afraid for a little while. You had me depressed for a little while. But he chose me. I'm his person. I'm his people. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, get violent with it. Get violent with it. Devil, leave me alone. Devil, get out of my marriage. Devil, get out of my mind. Devil, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, come on. It's time to get over the hump. It's time to get through it. It's time to get past it. It's time to get over it. It's time to destroy it. 
That's it. Come on. Tell the devil, I'm not going back to it. I'm not going back to live under a curse. I'm not going back to passive Christianity. In the name of Jesus, I've been called. I've been chosen. I'm not going back out there in the world. I'm not going to try to live in both worlds at the same time. I've been separated under him. I'm special. Hallelujah. Y'all can leave the cameras running and pray. Come pray. I want everybody to come pray. Y'all can come out of the media booth and come pray. In the name of Jesus. Us as you can come pray. In the name of the Lord. Come on. Come on. Quit letting the enemy rock you back on your heels. He's, in, he's dwelling in land that God promised to you. Seven nations. God's about to drive seven nations out before you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, young person. Come on, young person. I'm not going the way of the world. I'm not going to go after her. I'm not going to go after him. I'm not going to live that way. Lord have mercy there is a moving of the Holy Ghost in this place right now somebody's going to leave free in the Holy Ghost somebody's going to be free of your bondage here today I'm not going back to my bondage the Lord delivered me from the hand of Pharaoh with a strong and mighty hand and an outstretched arm I'm not going back I'm not going backwards, I'm going forwards uh, into my promise. Come on. It's time to walk into the temple like Jesus with a whip and drive out the things that don't belong there. In the name of Jesus, I bind everything that's unholy. I bind everything that's ungodly. Oh, I come against the powers of darkness. Lord, right now, every habit, every spirit of the enemy, trying to pull people away from you. Hallelujah! It's time to kick over their altars. Jesus! Jesus!
Come on, you got the Holy Ghost. You ought to be praying in tongues right now. You ought to let God fill you all over again. Get a fresh refilling of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Somebody needs to make up in your mind right now. I'm not making a league with him. I'm not going in a, into a marriage with him. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not entering into a covenant with him. I'm not going to show them any mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm determined to break it. Ah, hallelujah. The anointing's on you. Hallelujah. Why don't you pray for a neighbor close by? Why don't you put a hand on his shoulder and say, Lord, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I drive out the attack of the enemy on their, on their lives. I drive it out. Come on, teenager. It's time to make up in your mind. I've been called. I'm not going to miss the choosing. There it is, there it is, there it is. Come on, there it is. There it is, there's victory in this place right now. I know you're in the fight of your life, but don't stop fighting. It's time to double down on the fight. In the name of Jesus, I'm gonna destroy it. I'm gonna destroy everything that's trying to destroy me. For somebody, pray with somebody else. Pray with somebody else. Join your faith to their faith. We're driving it out. We're driving it out.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Que ela vai catar, ramando a você que a taia. Ele veio a maia tala la la bacata boceia. Eu sou torre beceia. Stay with me. Hallelujah. 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 Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. I want everybody to crowd the front real quickly here. If you're praying with somebody, I want you to just bring them. Don't stop praying. I want you to get as close as you can. I know the enemy wants to put us six feet apart, but I want you to get as close as you can. There's some things that the Lord wants to break in the lives of people, and it's going to happen right now because we as a church body are about to lift up a shout, and we're going to go to clapping. And we're going to go to shout in the name of Jesus. And chains are going to break in the name of the Lord. I want you to do it with everything in you. One. Two. I want you to shout Jesus. Three. Yeah. Come on. Clap your hands right now. Clap your hands right now. Shout it again. Shout it again. I want you to go to rejoicing. Come on. The Bible said rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. I'm going to do the rejoicing. I'm going to do the rejoicing. You thought you had me. You thought you had me discouraged. But I'm breaking it. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. 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 Come on, I want you to do like this. Just shake it off. Just shake it. Shake it off. I don't want this stuff. I'm letting go of this stuff. I want it off my life. I want it off my spirit. I want that old attitude gone. I want that old negativity gone. I'm letting it go. I want my unbelief. I'm shaking off unbelief right now. I'm getting rid of my fear in the name of the Lord. I'm getting rid of my carnality. I'm shaking it off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen. The Lord broke some things in here this morning. No doubt about it. How many of you concur with that? How many of you feel that way? Tonight, tonight we're going to war. We're going to war tonight. We're going to war in pre-service prayer. We're going to war in the worship. If I get to preach, we'll war. We'll war after the pre. We're going to war tonight as an all-campus church. Multiple campuses. Multiple cultures. Diversity of cultures. Same faith. We're going to war tonight. I'm telling you, something's going to break in this place tonight. Don't, don't come lollygagging in this place. Tonight at 602, 605, 617, 623, 
or not at all. I want you to be here tonight. Be ready to start prayer right at 6. Don't worry about it. There will be an apex and there will be other apexes. There will be other places or whatever. There's going to be there's going to be multiple moves of God in this place tonight. And I believe, I believe what the Lord did here, God's going to build on it in our 2 p.m. services. I realize that everybody's not in those. And you're going to be tired. You're going to be tired when you get here. And you're going to be full when you get here. You're going to be full. Like, how much more can I take? But we're going to, mm, yeah, we're going to war. We're going to war tonight. We're going to war tonight.